Yes, hi, hello, welcome back to Gooncast. I'm James, also known as Saber0307, and I'm once again joined by Kat and Lee, and we're here to talk about a bunch of stupid shit and also something we hate. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Uh, I'm Kat, aka the Attack Cat on Twitch. Um, dialogue designer by day, writer slash horror artist by night. Lee! And it's your boy Lee Alder, the Valley Jester, uh, horror and fantasy writer, and uh, I'm I'm in major need of therapy <laughs> after uh, I'm dead inside after yeah, this last week. Uh, you, well, you are a stronger man than I, though. Look, we'll uh, we'll delve into my unresolved emotional conflicts later <laughs> in the podcast. <laughs> Because to, to quote St. Carlin, I don't have pet peeves. I have major psychotic fucking hatreds. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, we'll get to it. Well, to quote, the, uh, you know, something else, um, evil dies tonight again. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. You know what? Uh, as as to... many times as we've started to drop that line on this podcast, you have no idea, folks, how frighteningly <laughs> relevant it is today. And and to quote Lee during the, the thing we're going to be talking about, evil rolls tonight. <laughs> Oh, Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> so, yeah, well, it's probably in the title, but folks, we'll get to Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022 a little later in the podcast. Yeah, we, yeah, need to, we sure will. We need to get some good things out of the way before I have an aneurysm. Yes, yes. We're going to. So it's been it's been a bit of a hiatus. Um, we kind of we kind of had to take a little bit of a break after uh, the Silent Hill podcast um, because I was feeling a little burnt out with our with our pacing. Um, and also we had a bunch of, a bunch of life stuff, you know, good and bad kind of, kind of come up. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know well, how much we want to get into any of it, but. Oh, well, know. it's, you know, it, yeah. you know, nothing wrong with pulling back the curtain a tiny little bit. Um, yeah. yeah so I, I moved, which is always, mm -hmm. you know, a gigantic pain in the ass. We all, yep. we all had to deal with that. Ab absolutely. Um, no one faults you for that. <laughs> yeah. So, but I'm settled in the new place and it's great so far. Um, mm -hmm. it's a nice little, nice little change of pace. Yeah. Uh, and I left my job and I went back to school for addiction studies to be a recovery counselor, which is going to yeah. be, uh, which is going to be fucking yeah. great. So yeah, you know, after Silent Hill, we needed to take a little breather and let some real life stuff happen for a while. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And, uh, uh, I think I had some things I stated in that podcast that were factually incorrect and I apologize. I'm not going to rehash them all. Y'all who have watched it probably already know what I'm talking about, so you know, <laughs> my my bad. <laughs> it happens to the best of us. Yeah, yeah we never know. claim I mean, to bring accurate information. Yeah, on this we're podcast. literally we call ourselves Gooncast and Hack Frauds, so I'm mm -hmm. just living up to the title. Really, there you go. Staying uh, on brand. Yeah, but to 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 keep to keep things moving along. Let's get started with some good things. We uh, in the in the downtime, like when between Lee's move and when we actually had time, we did end up getting a few watch parties in. And specifically, they were watch parties of things that like we really wanted to see, but didn't quite have like, you know, the 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 podcast drive to see it. You know, like like Twin Peaks was very much one where James wanted wanted to get our feedback on it, wanted to get like opinions and, and get talking about it. Um, but these were movies that like we all were kind of like, they're really good. And we watched them and we were like, yeah, they're really good. So we're not going to have a ton to talk about with them, but we do kind of want to like share our thoughts and vibes with them. Yeah. So 
yeah uh james you want to sure wanna start us off because uh, i think this is your th- this is the, the the spicy one that you uh yeah the the, the first one is uh one cut of the dead which i had heard oh, about boy. for a while uh just things online uh with speaking of which uh you know it's gonna be spoilers for fucking everything like normal so yes know, blah 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 uh, I was just about to say, I think we should definitely say spoilers. Yeah, Yeah, this one, if you have any interest in watching a very niche, low-budget, but incredibly inventive zombie film, go watch One Cut of the Dead. Um, before before we before you cut away, we will say we will say spoilers before before we start talking about it. But I actually have a fundamental disagreement with these two about I think I would have actually enjoyed the movie more had I had a little tiny bit spoiled for me. Um, so, you know, if you're able to kind of like learn a tiny bit about it, uh, I, I would recommend yeah. do so. I think the other two both say no. Yeah, for me, I, 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 I prefer the blind. Yeah, James, James very much when he was recommending this movie to us said, don't like don't know a thing about it. Don't learn anything about it. Don't read about it. Don't look at IMDb. Don't do anything. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. watch it. And yeah. I genuinely almost turned the movie off. I was so I... Uh, unhappy with it. Yeah, I initially not, not, to, not to be that guy, but I'm going to kind of land in the middle. It's the kind of yeah. movie that I have recommended it to people. I had I had a um, couple a uh, couple horror fanatics in my family give it a shot. Oh, and my my I gave them a buffer. I mm. said bear with it okay okay which is enough to let them know something is shaking yes yeah i think i think that is that is the key so okay so from now on spoilers 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 spoilers. yeah cut away if you don't want uh you know we'll we'll i guess maybe we'll put timestamp for when to come back yeah um so Ah, fuck them they'll figure it out yeah there you go (laughs) uh so basically it's it's sort of a, a low budget zombie movie that is kind of quasi-framed initially as found footage, even though it's okay. kind of also not. It's weird. Mm-hmm. It's and there there is a camera person. There is and a camera they're person. They're not treated. They're not treated as a person. Mm-hmm. They're treated as a lens, yeah. which was part of what kind of uh, initially rocked me a little bit because I was like, okay, I, I feel like there's a twist coming, and I feel like the twist is this isn't this is all fake, right? Yeah. Which is the twist is the twist uh, but it's not the it's not the real twist of the movie because yes. the the real twist is the the genre flip that happens where it becomes almost like a workplace comedy yes and yes. you're just like what what the fuck yeah, <laughs> like the the first 45 minutes the entire first act of this movie is basically this this low budget quasi found footage zombie movie with pretty bad acting it's either over the top or stiff and just something feels off. There, and, there are these really weird, like awkward beats where characters just pause for a really long time. And you're like, this is really incompetent. What the heck is going on here? Yes. And then, and then, <laughs> and, and, and then it cuts to like what one month earlier. And we find mm-hmm. that, Oh, there's some horror network and they're hiring this, this director to do mm-hmm. a zombie movie but it's live mm-hmm. like like he, he's 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 got to record it for live tv and the entire thing is going to be in the moment and the entire thing is just the next chunk of the movie or so is just like 
casting everybody and writing the script and, and getting getting everything all together at, for the film production. And then the last chunk of the movie is the chaotic insanity of trying to film this piece of shit where everything that could go wrong does go wrong, but they still have to try to work through it. Mm-hmm. which is like why yeah. there are all these weird long pauses and like why yes. everybody seems super uncomfortable because so, shit's going off script. Yes. And, and you're seeing things off screen in the final, like final act of the movie. So genuinely the first 40 minutes are the setup to this absolutely brilliant punchline in the third act. Yes. Um, and that I feel like had I known that going in, I would have enjoyed those first 40 minutes a lot more. I, I almost want to like, I've, uh, I haven't yet, just because I've been busy with other things, but I do want to rewatch it with the knowledge that this is all a setup, because I feel like I will get so much more out of that initial 40 minutes, because genuinely went into this thinking, oh, I've heard this is a really good found footage movie. I've heard it kind of has a twist to it. Let's let's see. <laughs> you, and, you went in expecting wreck and got that. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> you, you went in expecting wreck and got something worse than Grave Encounters too. <laughs> well, yeah, I was genuinely like, James, how is this your favorite movie of all time? Like, this is this James, is worse than Grave taste. Encounters. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> James, I, I know I you like text- schlock, but what the yeah, fuck? I actually texted him because I watched this at like, uh, like 7 a.m. or something like that. And I actually texted him to wake him up being like, so does it get good after the 40 minute mark or because he texted us being like, it, I'm 40 minutes in and this is my favorite movie of, of the year already. Yeah. And I was just like damn okay and then yeah i watched those 40 minutes just being like james what the fuck <laughs> mm-hmm. i i was i was towed through it by almost this like morbid fascination of like there has to be something more to mm-hmm. this because mm-hmm. otherwise i really don't get it like yeah yeah you know um I, uh, I, an example I, f- I can give for for people who haven't seen it. like when he when he says that the production is going off the rails and everything like cast members are doing things that don't make sense and then <laughs> you know in the third act you find out like it's because you know they don't they're going off script or one all these of them other is things shit-faced. happening that's that's yep. who I'm getting at there is yep. one guy playing a zombie who every time he's on camera is falling over and doing yep. exaggerated kung fu moves and mm-hmm. i'm watching this on the first plastered. run through act one when i think this is still trying to be serious going mm-hmm. what in the fuck is james mm-hmm. having me what like yes yeah this uh, this is dreadful yeah but i was towed along by that little nagging feeling in the back of my mind going mm-hmm. this has to be going somewhere yeah and then you find out that that actor behind the scenes is sh- shit faced yes yes and like there are people holding him up and making yes, him like, like <laughs> the director yeah, like will literally puppet. be behind a door like putting him up against a window yeah or, <laughs> and that's or, why it looks stupid <laughs> or, or that one sequence towards the end of the first 40 minutes where it keeps cutting the woman screaming and then it cuts yeah. back and it cuts to the woman screaming and it's all because her oh, fucking God. over over uh, uh method acting mom yes, is going yes. haywire Yes. Oh my God. Where she just gets way too like, and they were like, "Oh, you can't. She can't act anymore because she got way too into her roles." And then they were like, "Well, we like we gotta. We need an actor, and she knows the script." And then it's like, "Oh no, she's way too into the role." Yeah. And she's like, she's literally like kung fu kicking, like <laughs> like like roundhouse kicking zombies in the face. Oh, she's she's like, raking in lawsuits. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Left and right. Left and right. 
and, and, and also, they have to like knock her unconscious. And also, like, like the two stars of the film are like one's a very top tier actor and one's a, a pop yeah. idol who's getting her big like movie break. Yep. And like you're just physically assaulting these A listers. <laughs> yeah. Like, and, and like the, the, uh, the top tier actor is such a smug piece of shit. Oh. Oh god, he's such an asshole. And then yeah, there's that moment where the director like freaks out at them and like you know, like it's it's, it's it feels very weird in the in the initial 40 minutes cuz it's like, "Whoa, I'm not getting that at all from this character." And then you're like, "Oh, because he's actually talking to the actor actor." Yeah. And I will say that I um I did initially pick up on the "Oh, I realize this is all fake." When I noticed that, like, after that very first scene where um, the actress is getting, like, run down by her boyfriend, who's now a zombie, mm-hmm. right? That first that first shot, uh, she, when she when she dips back to, like, you know, like, when she cuts away, like, camera cuts, quote unquote cuts, and, uh, you know, it, it cuts back to her. She she felt like she was still acting to me. It felt like that like actors acting where it's yeah. like she's still there's still a layer of fakeness here where she's acting like an act like a she's acting like a bad actor, but she's actually a better actor. And then it turned out to be like an extra layer of like, oh, she's also this like other actor who's yeah. acting as an actor. It, it It's it's this is how you do meta right, folks. <laughs> yeah. And at least for me too, one of the things that, that I was genuinely surprised about was how uplifting the ending was with that final shot where the oh crane is broken God. and they have yes, to make this they, human fucking pyramid. They make pyramid. the human pyramid. And it's it oh. like, I, I just had this big dumb fucking smile on my face as I'm seeing them make this stupid human pyramid just so they could have the crane shot of... of of the Me of too. the woman during the credits. I then apologized to James, but also said, fuck you for not like cluing me in a little bit more that it was this brilliant by the end. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's... It, go, if you've if you've already listened to this section of the podcast and haven't seen it, you know what you're getting yourself into. And yeah. it's absolutely yeah. worth your time. It's on Shutter. Absolutely. Which is mm-hmm. a cheap as fuck subscription. If you're yeah. a horror fan, you should have it already. Yeah, definitely. Um hundred yeah, percent. It's a it's a ride. It's an yeah. absolute ride. We were yeah. we so, were initially going to talk about this on the Silent Hill episode until I mm-hmm. uh, yeah we 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 had the discussion of of how our differences on on how much knowledge you should have going in and Lee hadn't seen mm-hmm. it yet yes. and we're like hey let's let's make this a full episode and yeah. and and we'll discuss it and we could mm-hmm. pair it with something and that something wound up being trained to Busan which, yes. yes as it turned out. Kat and I hadn't seen, but Lee had, yep. which is something we've been waiting a year for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It was, um, it was not the, it was not the flick, uh, seamless transition. Uh, it was yeah. not the flick that I had anticipated to, to use for that slot. Cause we were, you know, um, yeah. we were wanting to follow through on the, on the triad of one of us showing the other two something that they hadn't seen before. So James showed us Twin Peaks, uh, Kat showed us Erased, um, and I was really racking my brain and I had found a couple that like one of them hadn't seen. I'm like, ah, shit. And yeah. then without even trying, Train to Basan came up and you just both were kind of like, oh, yeah, no, I never saw that one. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. OK, yeah. let's do it. So I'm I'm a gigantic fan of the zombie subgenre. Um, 
my mom's favorite film of all time is the original Night of the Living Dead. So she Ooh. she raised me in a very pro zombie household. Uh, <laughs> we went to uh, we went to Fangoria one year where the like headliner doing a uh, doing an autograph session was George Romero before he passed away. Um, mm-hmm. And my mom was like giving me shit. She's like, you know, I, I went up and shook his hand, said, you know, it's an honor to meet you. Got his autograph like made a joke with my mom about like we could tell what brand of whiskey he liked because George was having a fun weekend um, <laughs> and we walk away and my mom's like it's an honor to you didn't meet the fucking Pope and I'm like well I kind of did though. <laughs> and um, so yeah when I, I'm always looking for interesting and unique takes on that genre because as much as i love them yes they're a very formulaic by the numbers antagonist they are yeah you know they're, you they're can, the living you can head. have your twists on them but sure, usually but at the end of the day they're shambling corpses that want exactly. to bite you exactly um so you know when something like uh wreck like i mentioned earlier comes along mm-hmm. that does something different where where you know wreck uh was a take on zombies, but they're actually like under a form of possession mm-hmm. or a quarantine uh, for the American remake made at rabies. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, uh, on the, on the rabies train, uh, you know, 28 days later, fucking rage you know, big, virus. Absolutely. Yeah, big, 28 big days fucking, is yeah. such a great fucking movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like when, when new and unique takes are done and, mm-hmm. You know, I'm not a huge fan of the running zombies, but there's a few exceptions, like the the Dawn of the Dead remake that Snyder did yeah. is fucking excellent. These um, are like and then there's this JoJo one. pose zombies. <laughs> yeah, these I was, were I JoJo was zombies. Yeah, um, yeah, that was the first thing I said going in. Was um, the only thing I want you two to keep an eye open for is mm-hmm. the unnatural movements of of the ghouls, which I really liked. I, I I commented on it while we were watching it that I was just like, this is. This is really cool looking. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, I've I've heard from other people, other other horror fans, that that is ki- kind of a staple in Korean zombie movies. Yes. That, that, that kind of is. And I don't know if I don't know if Busan started the trend or is just following it and just a really good example of it. Um, but I, I was like, damn, that's it. Because uh, after after we watched Trinity Busan, I also started watching, um, which I haven't I haven't finished yet, actually. But the um, there's a Netflix a uh, Korean zombie show. Oh, is it all of like, us are dead? Yes. I the one will be uh, in the high school. I'll talk about that a little later when we're wrapping up our weeks. I have oh. finished that series. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. I've only watched yeah. the first episode, but I noticed that the, the zombie movement is very similar to train to Busan. And I was yeah. like, this is, I like this. I like this a lot. <laughs> yeah, it feels very Busan. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so Train to Busan, yeah, it, it tells you exactly what it is. There's a train, there's zombies, and it's heading towards Busan. Yeah, um, it's it's, it's uh, a classier, more zombified version of Snakes on a Plane. Yeah, Korean. I mean. Yeah, yeah, you know, yes. <laughs> very yeah, it's, true. It's, they, it's a very, they, yeah, it's a very accurate title. Yeah, there's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of kind of like action movie beats, you know, like like Snakes on a Plane, where it's like, oh, no, we're we get separated. There's a train car of zombies. We have to figure out how to get through the train car of zombies to to rescue the people in the back. Yeah. You know, like like that kind that kind of those beats are hit and stuff like that. And you you know, you also have, uh, you know, a lot of uh, like it's not for, for the zombie genre. It's not like it's doing anything like insanely groundbreaking. You know, no. like you have the you have the moment of a, you know, uh, like a 
somebody can't keep up like some uh, you know like the two sisters right the the mm-hmm. one sister gets bit and she's just like okay bye you know like yeah. i'm dead now and it's it's this like tragic moment and then you have the 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 uh Korean kendo? The, the 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 Korean ke- yes yeah. the Korean kendo you Best have the uh, fuck about him you have I'll the stowaway who ends up like valiantly sacrificing himself for the 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 main character and his daughter dickhead businessman uh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the the yeah, the yeah, exactly. There's 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 a lot of very like you know I've seen this before in a zombie movie, uh, but, but it's, done well. it's just it's done really well. Yeah, yeah, it's that's very, that's what very I like cool. about it. It's yeah. it's it's not reinventing the wheel. It's yeah. it's doing a couple things that are a little more um a little more unique in that the ghouls play a lot off of uh light and sound. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. Like if they can't is... see people, they don't frenzy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. which they fig- they figure out very quickly, which I was really impressed with. Cause I'm like, Oh God, I don't want another one of these where all the, all the main care, all the, all the humans are really fucking stupid. Um, but yeah. they, they basically end up like plat, like, you know, the zombies are rushing at the train door and one of the women ends up, uh, figuring out like you could plaster a uh, newspaper with like water on the, on the door and they will, mm. they stop frenzying. Yeah. They like yeah. couldn't figure out how to open the door without just like bashing into it. And if they had no reason to bash into it, they just didn't. Yeah. That's, that's um, the yeah. thing that, that it was really clever that I, that I liked about the movie is, is it's just genuinely clever. Like it, it may be have a bunch of tropes and stuff that we've seen before, but it's done very well. And the intelligent, the characters are intelligent yeah. and they're likable uh, and it's it's also, just really well done. Also, they have one of my favorite staples of the horror movie genre mm-hmm. with the ending where you you think it's going to be it's it's kind of like the get out ending where you expect doom because your main character is approaching something that would normally spell doom for them. Yeah. And then they end up like saving themselves and essentially it's this moment of relief of like oh thank god like at least at least somebody i was rooting for made it because yeah. uh and the end of this movie is they uh they the the train derails the main character uh becomes a zombie and and like you know flings himself off the train to save uh the kendo who died earlier his pregnant wife and his daughter and the main character's daughter um so they they both are marching down the tunnel to Busan, where they've been told there's safety, there's soldiers. Uh, and you see they cut to the soldiers and the soldiers are like, we have two people or two figures approaching. And their commander's like, are they zombies? And they can't tell because it's completely pitch black. They just see silhouettes and they're just like, we don't know. And the commander's just like, then fucking shoot them. And and there's this brilliantly tense moment where you're just sitting there and the, like, the, you know, the soldiers are just kind of like lining up their shot, lining up the headshot on the, the pregnant non-zombie woman. And then they hear the little girl singing. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, that's, so, that's and, such a nice ending. And it, and it was set up, too, because the whole thing was the little girl. She was supposed to go in like the talent competition Mm-hmm. And she was going to practice singing. And because her dad was busy with work she and, and missed the, the competition, she choked up and couldn't sing. Uh, yeah. So it was like this this nice little payoff of of, yep. of just singing. Beautiful, beautiful little button on a very, like, good but heartbreaking zombie story. Yeah. Yeah. There's you know? there's a great there's a great uh, like backdrop of 
family drama throughout the entire movie mm-hmm. you know a, a father daughter focus right up in front yeah which um, again is not uncommon for these right like i think right. you know plenty plenty of disaster movie disaster type movies have a family drama at the center um mm-hmm. but and still. then yeah you you've got yeah korean action star don lee who is the ultimate badass in this he movie? He is so uh, fucking cool, holding down the fort, protecting his uh, his pregnant wife. He is such um, a goddamn badass in this fucking movie. Yeah, John Lee is great. He's so yeah. good. He, he's he's predominantly been in in Korean stuff so far, but um, people listening might know him uh, from he, Eternals. He was he in is, Eternals. He's yeah. one of the Eternals. Yeah. Um, he. I think he dies in the movie. I don't, I don't know. Remember. I haven't seen it. I. I I, I have already forgotten what happened in Eternals, <laughs> and I watched it, like, two weeks ago. You can't kill Don Lee. Mm, yeah, I mean, you shouldn't, but... <laughs> he's, he's, he's Korean Kendo. He'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Just there a different version of him. Uh, um, I also, I really, I really dug the main character. I, I thought, I thought all of the performances in the movie were fantastic. Yeah. Um, I, I was really, uh, I was really pleased with the, the... The uh, main the, character I recognized from Squid Game... He's the yes. the businessman who plays the game with the the main character in Squid Game for the, um, for the invitation. I I was very um, pleased with the CGI though, like the fact oh, that it wasn't yeah. it because I'm yes. I'm so sick of zombie CGI because it's always yep. weightless and just cartoonish. Yes. Yeah, Whereas, World War Z. I'm looking at you. Yeah, yeah Whereas, absolutely. It's, it's very clear that the mobs here are mostly real people with. A couple of thing, a couple of figures CGI'd in to make yeah. it seem bigger. Yeah, and and even when it is just CGI, they they still move realistically and have weight okay. and, and I mean, all that yeah, like stuff. the the zombie deer at the very beginning. I think I commented on where I was like, it looked really really good up until like the last leg of its movement. That that, yeah. that got into un, you know a bit uncanny for me, but it was I, I was just like, wow, that's really good CGI, and then I was like, oh, that's not as good, but. You know, and the last the last thing I want to harp on just a tiny bit with this movie is. Like I said, it's not doing anything new, but it's handling it's handling what's been pre-established very well. And that's something that I've grown to. I've OK, I've grown to 180 on this a lot, and it's something that George Romero started and people, I think, just need to kind of like let play out. And that's the idea that zombies just become a backdrop to focus on we are the real monsters oh yes and george romero started that and it Mm -hmm. it's a great it's a great idea it works in a lot of movies it is that like the the i mean i i love the twist of i am legend like i think that's a brilliant application of it right yeah matheson knew what what he was doing yeah yeah Um, but but this whole idea of like oh there's zombies outside so we're going to be starved for resources and going stir crazy which is going to make become the real antagonist and Bassan does do that but it yeah. does it in a way that i don't know it still felt different it, it, you know because it's because the, sh- the shit heel executive it's he's he's less like like uh, you know like i'm now a monster because of the zombies it's more like I've always been this way. I'm a selfish I, dickhead. I've and always been an asshole. The, yeah. the, the zombie apocalypse yeah. is just giving me an outlet. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, this is just an excuse for me to throw people under the bus, literally, literally. instead of figuratively. <laughs> yeah, like, so, yeah, I didn't, I definitely didn't mind it there. He's, he's maybe a bit cartoonish in his villainy, but like, yes. it's still like, 
yeah, I get it. I get where you're going with that. And and they also, I think they touch on, like, the main character works for a company that might be responsible for the outbreak. Yeah. Uh, they handle the finances of the company that did yeah, it. Yeah. So it's just like, that. Like literally, the, the main character gets a phone call at one point from one of his friends who's, like, stuck in a building downtown somewhere being like, did we do this? Are we Are the bad we the guys? Baddies? Are we the bad guys? Yeah. Are we the yeah. baddies? And you're just kind of like, huh, that's, that, that's kind of a neat... It's it's a neat it, I think it also helps that this is taking place in the direct aftermath of the outbreak, as opposed to a lot of zombie media, which is like, you know, five years later or something oh, like these that. Are Where my you, get, you get like Walking Dead style, like, you know, oh, they're like people are surviving now and they're the real, you know, they're the real monsters. And you're just like, no, it's it's still. The, and actually, that reminds me of the um, you guys have seen the like people talking about like, oh, the best world building in games is the Left 4 Dead 2 like posters where people were shit posting on uh, oh, God. being like, maybe we're the real monsters. And then everyone comment, like everyone writing below is like, no, it's the fucking zombies. Yeah. It's asshole. Zombies, you like, tool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's how I feel about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've always been a bigger fan of the outbreak stuff. Like, you know, the first week of oh, shit too. going off the rails. Me yeah. Too. I really, I intense. really want a video game in like the direct aftermath of an outbreak. Well, we have like, one. We were playing it. Resident Evil outbreak. I, I, uh, okay. True, oh, true. The, the prologue to Last of Us. Yes. Yes. That's, yeah. that's exactly what I was thinking. I'm like, if I could play in that opening section of, you know, Joel and Sarah, I'm like, I want that as a whole game. Give yeah, me a whole ass game as that. As like, you're, you're just an average dude with, you know, with your family trying to get out of the apocalypse. <laughs> Yeah. As it's happening around you're you. You're not trying me, to find an ant, though. Give you're me not Greenland trying to the eat. video game. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, which I don't. Yeah. Lee, have you seen that already? No. You did, right? <gasps> no, okay. I have not. Well, well, yeah. We'll, we'll put it on the list. We'll put it on the list. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Train to Basan. If you haven't seen it, go see it. Yep. Big give thumbs up from everybody. And it's got a sequel, Peninsula. It is a different movie, but still set in the same universe and still very good. It's just. It's just different. All right, so I'm going to try my attempt at a really good transition here. Uh, speaking of um, awesome Kendo-like figures that James huh? has a crush on, huh? Warrior. Oh. <laughs> I mean, look, who, who doesn't have a crush on Tom Hardy? It's true. His his kissable Princess Peach lips it, the, will it, haunt it, my nightmares. <laughs> I mean, that, and he's a dog lover. And my dreams. He's, he's, yeah. he's, he's, he's a sweetheart. He's a goofball. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, he he he's 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 great. He's he's all around. Yeah. He's all around great. Yeah, this is this is a movie that Lee and I saw years and years ago that we've been pestering Cat to watch for a while. Yeah, like hilariously so. Like where they've just been like, oh, it's time. God, what what were you guys saying? You kept being like, it's time to do this. It's time to, to listen X. to the Beethoven. Yes, yeah, that's right. And I'm Beethoven. just like, what the fuck are you talking about? Listening to the Beethoven, duh. Listening to the Beethoven. So obviously, this is a movie that's very. Like they they both absolutely adore this movie. Yes. Uh, I I think it's a very very good film. I'm really glad that they introduced me to it. Um, but I will say I'm not a sports movie person, so I don't think it hit quite the same like level for me. Where it's like, okay, like I, you know, like I liked I watched 1917 for instance. Um, I liked 1917, but also I've seen Saving Private Ryan, so like. Yeah, I kind of feel like, yeah, I've seen this genre before and it doesn't really like it's that it's that genre. There's there's staples of it 
And when I see that genre, I kind of know exactly what I'm going to get. And it delivered exactly what I expected from it. Oh, yeah. Um, which was good performances, but nothing that like nothing that happened in the movie that was just like, oh, shit, like really made me think or made me feel something or made me like, you know, like I was like, as soon as it was like, oh, they're well, OK, spoiler alert for this movie, too. As soon as it was like they're brothers, I was like, oh, nobody else in this fight matters. The final fight is going to be the two brothers. Oh, yes. But yeah. I still we still went through, you know, like an hour and a half of buildup of these other people that they're fighting in these in this tournament. Um, oh, so also one of you should explain what the movie's about first. Yeah, James, why don't you take this one? <laughs> yeah, sure. So we have um, Tom Hardy, who is a uh, war veteran, and he comes home to to uh, the Pittsburgh area and he uh, hooks up with his. His dad, uh, who's played by Nick Nolte, and uh, his Nick dad, Nolte playing uh, playing an alcoholic, playing so an alcoholic, so not, on not brand casting, yeah, uh, <laughs> who was like a very abusive alcoholic during their youth, uh, and he was very much all about like trying to like make make his sons, more specifically Tom Hardy, be like a competitive athlete, and Tom Hardy wants to kind of get back into like MMA and start training, and and he's very angry and very antisocial and you can tell he's very traumatized by something uh and then you have on the opposite end of the spectrum uh, the other brother played by joel edgerton he is a uh, physics teacher and um he he has uh, two kids one of which had a heart problem so they're kind of strapped financially and he because of the fact that you know he he was kind of an athlete starts dabbling in in sort of low rent bar MMA fights, the type of shit you'd see at like a strip club outside in the parking lot or whatnot. Mm -hmm. And he gets fired from his teaching position because they're like, teachers can't be fucking fighting outside of strip clubs. God damn it. Which yeah. 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 Sure. I get it. Uh, I don't, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, he needs money because you know, they're, they're going to lose the house and there happens to be, a. uh, like not um not Elon Musk or not uh fucking uh Jeff Bezos putting up a, a MMA tournament that's gonna be hosted by not Joe Rogan and the pot is five million dollars and both Joel Edgerton and uh uh Tom Hardy separately decide to compete in this tournament and they haven't spoken or seen each other in in years and there's this intense rift and animosity between them because of their uh uh troubled upbringing with nick nolte uh and 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 whatnot and it's 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 as cat was saying it's 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 traditional sports movie shit but at least for me in particular like the performances really elevate it and and absolutely just the way that it's shot and and uh the just certain little tweaks like really elevated it for me uh i, I i'm particularly a fan of underdog type stories and they're both kind of underdog mm-hmm. type characters uh mm-hmm. and uh just, just i will say i was confused by the time period <laughs> i kept thinking it felt very early aughts or like late 90s but then there were things that were happening that felt way more modern uh like like going viral and and, and you... certain things like that but then all of the news stuff felt very like sure. local news and you know like i'm like or not not local but like it felt very old school the way the news was uh sure. delivered 
And so. at, at least for me, one of the big things uh, that, that really makes me love that movie is the the final fight between the two brothers. Uh, just the emotional moment between it, especially with mm-hmm. uh, Joel Edgerton's character, uh, you know, needing the money to keep his house. Tom Hardy's character wanting the money to to give to his deceased friend's wife who was killed by friendly fire in 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 the middle east uh and he's gone awol and basically he's he's going to get fucking arrested after all this and he's going to you know mm-hmm. be put on trial and whatnot and oh yeah oh yeah that was also a hilarious point where i was asking like why are they letting him do the fight if i, I like, wouldn't stop talking why wouldn't they just <laughs> They right, probably yeah, watched. Right. They probably watched the parts of the tournament that were televised already, and said, "Like, I'm not going to arrest him. Are you going to arrest him?" <laughs> yeah. And uh, there you go. There you go. Specifically, like the final moments with the the about today montage after Joel Edgerton accidentally dislocates Tom Hardy's arm, and he's emotionally mm-hmm. distraught by that, and the whole uh, the brothers coming together sort of thing. Like, like Lee and I have quoted that that final scene. Tap Tommy. So many times on so many driveway beer nights. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, I, God, I can't remember the guy's name. The, the guy who plays the coach. I love that actor. Uh, uh, Frank Grillo. Yeah, yes. Frank Grillo. Yes. Yeah, he's... Very yeah, he's, underrated he's, actor. I like him. He's incredibly underrated. I, I, yeah. He's been in some Marvel stuff, so like, it's not like he's not getting yeah. work, but yeah. I feel like... Yeah, he played I feel Crossbones. Like yeah, yeah, but I feel like he's always been kind of like... like Crossbones should have been a more impactful character than he was. He, he, he or... really should have. They they just oh well, in, in the comics he assassinates Captain America. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. He's in, in that in in the Marvel movies he was kind of just a just a goon. He's he's just so there like, in like Winter Soldier, yeah. and then they immediately kill him off in like the next film. He's yeah, in. and it's like that's like that. that's mm-hmm. a bummer. Uh, but he was in Purge Anarchy, and that's part of the reason why I like Purge Anarchy so fucking much. I, I don't like the oh, first yeah. Purge. Cause it's just a home invasion movie, but like Purge Anarchy, be, and this was before they announced uh, <coughs> Punisher with John Bernthal. But after I saw Purge Anarchy, I was like, dude, Frank Grillo would make a fucking great goddamn Punisher. Like, he, well, he, on that topic, Joel Edgerton is the person being eyed to be the new Wolverine. I could oh, see that. I that could would, see that. That'd be great. I could that'd see that. That'd be great. I, I, I like Joel Edgerton a lot too. Like, mm-hmm. for, for a while, I just known him as. Um, which which I call it the the dude from the Star Wars prequel trilogy, but like over the last oh, it was, uh, Owen Lars, yeah, yeah, yeah. Over the, over the oh, last, oh, that was him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wild. O- over the last uh, uh, like few years or whatnot, like between Warrior and then his um directorial effort, The Gift with Jason Bateman, uh and and a few other things like I, i've grown to really appreciate him as as an actor uh he's also in the thing prequel and you know less said about the thing prequel the better yeah it just, one of the big strengths of this movie is just all around like stellar acting performances i mean shout out to nick nolte for getting the uh the nod for best supporting actor at the oscars that year because he he is so damn good in this movie uh as like the the struggling addict who like knows he fucked up everything in his family and trying desperately to get it back together to make it work and both of his sons just fucking hating his guts yeah they do and just uh the the emotional arc of of not just the brothers but of their relationship with their father it's it's 
soul crushing. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, speaking of of Academy Award nominees, or, or the the last thing that we watched before we get to the hate train is uh, hey. is uh, Dead Again. Uh, Perfect seg. <laughs> yeah, which was uh, it's a early '90s noir thriller uh, mm -hmm. with. Uh, Kenneth Branagh and his then wife at the time, Emma Thompson, and Andy Garcia mm. and Robin Williams. Uh, mm. And it was an instance of me seeing something and Kat and Lee had, had never seen it before. So it was it was kind of played in, in into that little thing. And I was like, yeah, you know, let's watch it. Especially after I realized that uh, the movie was apparently a huge fucking influence on, on a Dream Theater album. Oh yeah, don't get me started. Let's we'll talk about the movie first and then I'll segue into that. Yeah. Yeah, so one of you guys wanna wanna describe it? Uh Kat, why don't you take it? Because then I'm gonna go down my uh my rabbit hole. Go down your rabbit hole? Yeah. Um gosh. How hmm. Alright, well, spoilers, because I'm probably just gonna spoil it. <laughs> um immediately like it's it's a, it's a tough one to describe without giving yeah. too much away yeah yeah exactly uh it's basically um the start of the movie is um well okay it's it's essentially sort of a murder mystery about people's past lives with a twist uh because essentially you have uh Emma Thompson Emma Thompson and Kenneth Branagh playing um, two characters uh, who are like romantically interested in each other in two separate timelines. Um, so Kenneth Branagh is this like composer who murders his his pianist wife Emma Thompson in the forties, right? Fifties. Yeah, forties. Forties. Yeah. Um, and then in the in like modern day, he's playing this like sort of like detective, uh, and. Uh, Emma Thompson is a like she's a psych ward patient that has no memory of who she was. She was completely she's completely mute when like he uh, has to like take care of her. Um, he, he like takes charge of her and is trying to get her to, to talk and find out her identity and, and get her home safe. And like in the process of falling in love with her. Um, they end up going to a like psychotherapist who specializes in uh hypnosis mm -hmm. and uh he ends up revealing this 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 back this tragic backstory of their um their possible shared past lives but it turns out the twist is that Emma Thompson who is playing the 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 the, the wife in both scenarios Emma Thompson is not in present day is not the wife in the 40s Yes, it's Kenneth Branagh. Yeah, so it's, it's essentially an, they were reincarnated as like the other, the other. Yeah, so yeah, and that I think an absolutely brilliant twist. And then it turns out that the um, the the you know the real murderer of the wife in the past was this uh, young German boy who surprise twist turns out it's a psychotherapist. Yes, uh, who then. Once again, tries to murder uh, Kenneth Branagh because he murdered him in his previous life as old school Emma Thompson. Uh, and then he's killed <laughs> by a gigantic. And then he's killed by giant scissors. scissors. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of a lot of, a lot of scissor fighting in this in this movie. Yeah, um, I, I I was reading a bit of IMDb trivia I, about that scene yeah. last night, and and yeah. 
you know, one of the criticisms is that scene is so campy and over the top. And Kenneth Branagh's it's so campy and Kenneth, over the top. Kenneth Branagh's response was like, "Yeah, but it's just fun." It, that, uh, you know, that is also true, though. Like, yeah, yeah. How dare you have fun? <laughs> yeah, making movies isn't supposed to be fun. Um, yeah, so like Kenneth but, Branagh's like, "Yeah, it's schlock. Stanley I don't care, Kubrick. but it's fun." You know. <laughs> Thank you, Lee. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, yeah, I hope I hope that that rambling nonsense was a good enough explanation because yeah. because I was I I was very engaged in the movie the whole time, but I will say that there was like there was a lot going on in it, and oh, I yeah. was like I feel like I need another watch to like pick up all of the clues. It's just I like I really like Kenneth Branagh as a director. I haven't loved the Poirot movies he's done recently. Um, I love the character Poirot. I just think there's something with those movies that misses for me. There's a lot that hits though, and that's why I like him as a director. Like I think his his you know his eye for for visuals, for you know for the storytelling in general, for the characters, for the buildup of the mystery. I think all of that is really good. Oh yeah, but there's some little thing that doesn't click, and maybe it's maybe it's the backstory for the mustache. <laughs> there's that too. But yeah, that. I, I've been a fan of, of Kenneth Branagh as a director for, for a good while now. Like, I haven't seen it yet, but he's he's the reason why I wanted to watch the the live-action Disney Cinderella movie, because he directed that. And it was like, I like him as a director, oh, so it's like, that would be that cool. Uh, he, he even, mm-hmm. like, uh, like, I'm very, I'm a, I'm a Thor 1 apologist, because I like his directing style, for example. But, uh-huh. like... I love his yeah. adaptation of Hamlet. I still haven't seen Henry V, but like most of his Shakespeare adaptations are are top fucking notch. And I just really mm-hmm. adore him as an actor too. And Emma Thompson as well. Like she is a fantastic fucking actress. Um and just seeing both of them in these dual roles, I I I, I just I, it's it's my shit. I love it. I, 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 I do love when actors get to the chance to do dual roles and they, they manage to do it mm-hmm. successfully. So I had a very particularly, uh, particularly strange experience watching this film because uh, once we got about five or ten minutes in, I kind of knew how the rest of the movie was going to play out. And that is because, as James pointed out, to uh, to get our, our viewing started when we were first uh, first planning to watch it was that this film is the inspiration for the story of my favorite album of all time, uh, Metropolis Part 2, Scenes from a Memory by the progressive metal band Dream Theater. Um, the, the overall um, major beats of the story are kind of the same. Um, including the album and the film having the exact same twist ending. So I kind of knew what was going on already just from listening to this album over a hundred times. Yep. Lee Lee explained to us the, uh, the, the plot of the album and yeah, it's, it weeds out a lot of the characters, but it is, it is very much the same story. <laughs> yeah, the, the the short version is a young man named Nicholas is having uh, having memories that aren't his about the Roaring Twenties, and he goes to a hypnotherapist who puts him under uh, under hypnosis and takes him on this this journey into his past life, where he discovers that he's the reincarnation of a young girl named Victoria, who was involved in a love triangle with two brothers. Um, 
Julian and uh, Edward. And, you know, she she is in a relationship with one but loves the other. And they're they're eloping in the night and they're and they're planning on on betraying the brother who happens to be a powerful senator, which is never a good idea. Uh, mm. And during their their final meeting in a in a park at night when they're planning their escape, uh, the senator brother finds them, kills them both in cold blood and uses his pull as a senator to manipulate the press into making it seem like a murder suicide. Mm-hmm. And the reveal at the end is after Nicholas gets home from his last therapy session, the hypnotherapist breaks into his house and kills him, uh, revealing that he is the reincarnation of the senator whose whose hatred for Victoria is so powerful. He had to kill her again in their next lives. Um, mm. And so like knowing this, knowing the story of this record and then watching this movie and <laughs> just trying to push it onto the back burner and go like okay you know let's let's try and and absorb the movie the way it's trying to to present itself to me without reading too much into into the parallel story that i know but then as soon as i saw the hypnotherapist get on screen i'm like oh there he is you murdering bastard you and he's done absolutely nothing (laughs) I I, I I do have to ask though, Lee. Does does the uh, Dream Theater album also have a sex pervert who knows kung fu? Uh, it does not have a sex pervert who knows kung fu. However, it is uh, it is the album responsible for the most uh, uncomfortable for many uh, listeners uh, moment, where there is a uh, a fantastic song on the record called "Home," which is one of the uh, like real like landmarks of the record. Um, which is where Victoria and Julian are deciding they can't resist their love anymore. They have to be together behind Edward's back. And they go into this great, great rhythm section with a sitar. And you're hearing all the sounds of Edward's problems, which are like he's gambling. He's uh, he's an alcoholic. So you're hearing like clinking glasses. You're hearing the spin of the roulette wheel. And the whole time you can hear Victoria and Julian cheating on him in the background. So there's just like moaning sex sounds behind the rhythm, which uh, is a frequently pointed to moment in dream theater history of like, oh, yeah, don't you just hate when you're listening to your favorite record and home comes on and your mom walks in the room? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, yes, even scenes from a memory has the uh, has the sex pervert moment. Beautiful. Um, but Excellent. as far as as far as uh, pushing away from the musical references, um, shout out to a great supporting performance from uh, the late Robin Williams. Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. He was so good in this. He, and he I play is like a dejected uh, uh, psychotherapist. Psychiatrist, yeah. Yeah. Who. He's like, just, yeah, I slept with some patients. Yeah. yeah. He's like kind of a he's t- he's, he's kind a of a sh- scumbag. And it's like, yeah, asshole, you lost your yeah. license. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he's still Robin Williams, so he's still charming in that way of like, oh, I can't really hate you, but you're a total piece of shit. Yeah, he, he steals yeah. almost every scene he's in. And one one of the things I was, because uh, I had mentioned to you before that Robin Williams was in it, but I guess like you guys forgot, and that's, that's yep, fine. I totally forgot. Because also, uh, Robin Williams insisted not having his name in the opening credits. Because since at the time he was mostly known for comedy, he didn't want viewers yeah. to see his name and go think, Good oh, this is going to be oh, a comedy. Oh, it's a comedy. Yeah. yeah. Good move. Yeah, and he, like, 
in everything in everything dramatic I've seen him in, he is so, he's so good. good. Like he's just such a brilliant actor, like all around, mm-hmm. basically. Oh man, R.I.P. Dude. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm at, like, I, he's he's one of the celebrity deaths that just immediately yeah. just gutted me. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, he's he was a uh, yeah he was a good guy. Yeah. So. And on the uh, the subject of gutting, let's just fucking dissect Texas Chainsaw. God damn it! <laughs> what All right, All right. this is off. this is gonna be the meat of this podcast because we watched this movie and boy, do we have opinions. It's de- I mean, it, it is a movie about cannibalism, Kat. So uh-huh. your, your, your your thing about meat is very apt. Uh, uh-huh, uh-huh, this movie uh-huh. makes me so fucking angry. I, am, I, I like. I genuinely for days afterwards I would text these guys being like I'm still mad about Texas no, Chainsaw Massacre. I, like that like that's not a rib out there audience. Like Mm-mm. days after watching this movie, sometimes we would just occasionally say to each other like, you know, it popped into my head again today and I'm angry. <laughs> yeah. L- like I'm just suddenly yep. angry again L- because yep. of this film. Lou started watching it the other night and she was messaging me while watching it. Oh, she was so Lou. mad. Yeah. Oh, poor yeah. Lou. Yes, like I, this movie yeah. is so bad. I, I don't know if Christ. I don't know if I hated it more than the previous reboot, the one from like 2011, 2013. Uh, yeah, so let's let's get into let's, that first. Yeah, let's, like because I I have never I have not seen any other Texas Chainsaw movie other than the first one. Oh boy, here we go. So <laughs> there's the first one from 1974. Four, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, and then undisputed classic, undisputed uh-huh. classic. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. then there is Texas Chainsaw Two, which was made in the mid '80s. It's the only movie that Toby Hooper came back for, and it's quirky but good. It's quirky but okay. good. It's it's very much plays up into the, one the dark comedy he... one. Oh no, no, never mind. I'm sorry. I I remember there was a horror movie sequel where the uh the studio mandated it, and the director was like. I don't know what to do for a fucking sequel, so we got drunk and wrote a script, but that was Halloween too, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. John Carpenter John, Car- John Carpenter yeah. couldn't John Carpenter could not come up with, with, with a suitable twist or, or a suitable like reason for everything. So we got drunk and then that's how Lori Strode became Michael Myers' sister. Oh, uh, that's great. But yeah, so it it Texas Chainsaw 2, uh it's not quite as beloved because it's it's weirder and quirkier and and more dark comedy but over the years it's very much developed a cult following and a lot of people respect it a lot more uh then there's texas chainsaw 3 which i remember seeing younger and thinking it was fine but apparently it's pretty reviled i guess i don't know why i i haven't seen it in years so i can't remember uh then there's texas chainsaw 4 which kind of acts as maybe the first soft reboot where it kind of ignores two and three although three doesn't really bring up two all that much either so maybe three was also the first soft reboot of just direct sequel to the first film then of course there's the jessica beale remake which which also has arlie ermy in it which uh, oh he i just rewatched this movie yesterday he's so fucking good fuck the rest of the movie okay two things about the movie uh leatherface's design in that one is my favorite and Arlie Ermy steals the whole fucking movie. He does whole film. Uh, and it's it's a solid enough remake. It's it's not the classic, sure. but it's 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 fine. It's fine. Uh, then there's the prequel to the remake, which is fucking awful, but it still has yep. Arlie Ermy in it, so it's fine. Then there was the uh, the next reboot, 
which is a years later sequel to to Texas Chainsaw One. This came out like 2011, like I said, maybe or maybe 2009. Texas Chainsaw was that- 3D was, yeah. was what it was called. Uh, I fucking hated this movie when I saw it. Uh, then there was a sequel or a prequel to that reboot, and technically a prequel to Texas Chainsaw One with Steven Dorff in it, uh, called Leatherface. I didn't see that, but apparently it's a piece of shit. Yeah. Um, and then now we're at the, the second reboot because the film chains to another hand. And, uh, it's once again, a years later sequel. And they decided, Hey, what if we, 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 we copy Halloween 2018. Jesus. Fucking uh, except, oh, except yeah. for it was, uh, Except for instead of centering yeah. the, the movie around the idea of of the previous actor, you know, the pre- previous character and, and her life post-Texas Chainsaw and then her rising to the occasion to try to stop oh, Leatherface. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's just make it really surface level and tacked on. And it's not even the original mm-hmm. actress because the original actress died like five years ago. And mm-hmm. uh, we make her... Yeah really stupid and we make every single character in the movie except for the fucking gun-toting redneck uh unlikable yes uh we'll get we'll get i I have no idea who this like basically a lot of people have have mentioned to me that like they were immediately turned off seeing the like it's a group of influencers basically just being like either either they're going to go like you know, way over the top with this kind of like, I don't, like anti that culture thing, or you know, it's I don't know. It's just yeah, such let a me, weird. Like, who is this movie for? Yeah, let me let me hit the broad strokes of the plot, and then we'll yes. then we'll rip this shit apart. So okay. yes, it's it's meant to be. At least I could. I, my impression is that it's meant to be kind of a commentary on the Gen Z um you know mm-hmm. influencer heavy culture that we live in now mm-hmm. um so, so i guess gist- maybe it's for the anti like you know the people the 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 counterculture people in gen z right now the 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 anti tiktok people i don't know who this movie's for this movie's for yeah. nobody it's for fucking mouth breather <laughs> it should um, be for nobody nobody should see this you've got your core it. you've got your you've got your core group of four uh victims who are their influencers two of them got famous on uh youtube for having a show where they're chefs and they've amassed this big this big following on not instagram slash not yeah also on that note where did you get all of this from (laughs) that much i actually did get from the film yeah that's from the film yeah but only two of them are is it from the moment where they're scrolling through the phone yes yes they're briefly talking about it there yeah they're 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 online celebrity chefs but yeah but but um, only two of them are influencers one of them is the sister and the other doesn't have a name yeah so our, our cast here our cast here is oh. uh, Melody, Lila, Dante, and Dante's partner. Yep. <laughs> Genuinely, the Netflix subtitles did not have a name for this woman. <laughs> and her is, name is, is never said in the game. Identity. There, there is, there is <laughs> a, never said there, in the movie. There is a blonde woman who is, who is the girlfriend of one of the celebrity, one of the main characters, one of the celebrity chefs. And she is never once named, but she she's like the... F- one of the first kills. She's yeah. the first kill of the group of influencers. Yeah. So it's just like, 
And Wh- literally, Netflix, like, didn't, apparently they, the, whoever was subtitling it didn't get the script, and they were like, I don't know who this lady's name is. So they just wrote Dante's partner. Wikipedia says her name is dialogue. Wikipedia says her name is Ruth, but for all I know, somebody could be lying. Yeah. Whatever. I'm like, I'm like, Wikipedia could say whatever the fuck it wants. Yeah. (laughs) I don't, I don't care what, what, what IMDB or any shit says. Her name is Dante's partner. So Melody, Dante, Lila, and Dante's partner. Uh, They, they roll into a small Texas ghost town. And they've used their influence or money and their their wide reaching network to purchase the town and auction off the the properties on it to create this isolated little community that is it's going to be Gen Z paradise. They're all like, oh, we're going to have this little community free of crime and there's going to be art galleries and like nice little places for brunch and like they get there and they have a pearl clutching moment of seeing a confederate flag hanging off of one of the buildings mm-hmm. it's it, this this cast of characters are intentionally written and portrayed as like the stereotypical sensitive left that the right likes to make fun of mm-hmm. um and i think it's very much like like set up as sort of like a you know like like left versus right in this almost like completely stereotypical way yes. where the left people are these are these city people who are coming in to gentrify this poor area and all the right people are these like you know poor you know hillbillies in the middle of nowhere texas there's no tact in this. there's no there's tact. no no subtlety they are, no they are which, all characterizations yeah. of the broad generalizations that even, get made about e- these e- people. Wait, even the school shooting expect- survivor Oh god, yeah. Which possibly I shouldn't expect subtlety from a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie, but that's it's it, this is a very minor complaint in the grand scheme of complaints about this god awful film. Yeah, and so. like there t- you know, there there's all kinds of shots being made like uh there's there's a guy who's a, a local to the town, he's their contractor, his name's Richter. He's the best character of the film by a long fucking yes. shot. And he's initially portrayed as like oh, no, he's meant to be one of like the the assholes you know giving the the leads a hard time while they're getting their town settled in and the dude is kind of the most on the level like rational one of the entire group they're like oh oh look at you, you walking around public with your gun like you're big and strong with your tiny dick and he's like actually we've got like invasive species in this area and I need to stay armed to keep them under control, but like, okay. Yeah. Like, okay, this is, and like, the right, second... we're, we're just going that direction with it. Yeah. And the second he finds out that one of the characters is a school shooting survivor, he's much more apologetic and sincere yeah. and, and, and tries to relate to her and, and everything like that. And, and then the second he realizes that the influencers uh, were responsible for a fucking old lady's death. Okay. Okay, let's get into it. So they buy this fucking town. They buy this fucking town Mm -hmm. and they don't check all of their paperwork properly because they get there and there's still an old woman. She runs an orphanage and she's still living on the property because fucking spoilers, she still owns it. And these these people come into town and they drive her out of the orphanage by by. A sheriff. A sheriff pulls her out of the building. She she well, suffers okay. a heart attack. In in another kind of like ironic moment that I don't think was actually intentionally thought through as ironic, 
because it's like, okay, she's this, she's this old lady who's, you know, arguably a racist because she's flying the Confederate flag. Um, and like, that is the, she's the type of person that you would think would call the cops on the black person who's, who she's seeing in her neighborhood. Yes. But instead they, they are these like, like rich yuppie kids who call the cops on her and mm-hmm. end up causing her death. Right. Oh, yeah. and it's, like, I'm like, I'm like, it, it's done in such a way that I'm like, this feels so gross. Like, it doesn't oh, it, feel like a, like a, like, oh, we're subverting, you know, the whatever. It's like, this feels like you, you took something that happens tragically in real life and just like tried to comment on it in this really gross, messy way. It's tactless. Yeah, like, there was a moment tactless. there was a moment that like, oh, you know, one of those oh, Lee wrote the movie things where <laughs> like they get in there and they're they're sitting down with her and trying to explain like, hey, we bought the town. We own this property. Mm-hmm. And again, yeah, they're building up this thing of like, oh, she's flying the Confederate colors. You know, she's she's the old racist woman. And, you know, the joke of like, oh, you know, I'm not racist. I've got a black friend. And then she says the line Oh no, honey, I'm not like that. I love the Negroes. I raised kids like you. Oh, and I yeah. went, Oh my fucking God, you did it. Yeah. <laughs> like you're actually just going for it. Yeah. It's just like like they're I don't it's so it's so weird to me because they're not making anyway, keep going with the Yeah, so I'll complain later. She, she's yeah, she suffers a heart attack as she's being escorted out of the property that she legally owns. Uh, which enrages the last of her orphaned kids that she's been raising, of course, Leatherface, uh-huh. um, who then after her death begins his killing spree, um, takes yeah. her face as uh, as the main face of the movie. Yeah. Um, Pulls out a 50 year old chainsaw from a fucking okay. wall. Yes. Okay. Unearth. Yeah. Let's fucking talk about that. His chainsaw from the first film Mm -hmm. forty years ago. Let me tell you how fucking gasoline works. Okay. (laughs) Yep. You don't get to put a fully fueled chainsaw behind a brick wall for forty years and hammer the some bitch out of the wall and have it work. Mm -hmm. And corrosion to partially the movie's credit they do have it not start for a while but then it just fucking works and it it works like miraculously where it can you know stop a fucking bus with seemingly no effort and, without and no leaving damage any, no bus. damage to the bus yeah uh, like fucking hell <laughs> then then he kills the best character of the movie the redneck yeah uh yep. and then he, he, oh, it oh. just Oh also, yeah, I'm another Sally. point in this movie's fa- favor, really quick. It's only like eighty minutes long. Yeah, it's this short. is the longest eighty minutes of my fucking life. It is. It is a. As I said during the movie, it's a hard eighty minutes. It's like a smoked three packs a day for forty years. Eighty minutes. Yeah. But it is only eighty minutes. So we like get into the killing stuff like real right quick. away. Yeah, yeah, real quick. And, and it's. My- it's awful. <laughs> my, my gigantic issue is one that pops up a lot as these movies go on and the series drags on and they get remade and rebooted. Um, and that's that with each incarnation of these characters, they get more and more supernatural. Yeah. Um, yeah. The original Leatherface is just a big, dumb butcher. He's, mm-hmm. he's a psycho and he's got a chainsaw 
and there you go. And he doesn't have we're Jason strength. Yeah, correct. And he's and he's he's butchering people as if they were pigs, right? And like his, that's the whole point of the movie. Like, and in this film, his first kill is grabbing the wrist of an officer, snapping their arm with one hand into a compound fracture, so their bone is jutting out of their arm, and then mm-hmm. uses that to stab somebody in the neck. He stabs the officer whose arm he broke. Yes, yes. Like, Which, okay, you know what? Inventive kill. It's an inventive Prop. kill, but, like, Prop. what the fuck? That's something <laughs> Jason would do. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's taken this character that is supposed to be rooted in, like, that scary form of reality of, okay. like, this kind of person could be out there. Exactly. It's too, like, yeah. And just going, It's just, going, it's just nah, Jason. It's just Michael Myers. It. It's just, like the, you know. The first kill of the very first Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie is Leatherface hits a dude in the back of the head with a hammer. That's yeah. it. Yeah, once. It's, and, yeah. like, the, the horrific shot of him having a spasm and his legs kicking. Yeah. And getting dragged behind the sliding See, door. that is Fucking so great. much more effective than any of the over-the-top super graphic kills that happened in this I, movie. Yeah. Oh, I wanted to go back. So I, I made myself start suffering through this a second time, but I didn't I finish. know you did. You, um, what you, I you have so much strength, Lee. What, what I meant to do, and I, I forgot to do it, so my apologies to the audience. I meant to go back and keep a counter of every time Leatherface throws his chainsaw. Oh, my God. Because I think that number is four, which is more oh than you'd think and less than you'd hope. <laughs> oh, my God. Also, I would want you to keep a, keep track of the amount of times he appears in a place silently. Like silently teleporting with in. With a or, grumbling chainsaw. <laughs> yeah, with a rumbling chainsaw. Where I'm like, okay, movie, I get that you're all hacks and you've seen a horror movie before and you think that this is how all slasher horror movies should work. But Jesus fucking Christ, think about your killer for a second. For a second. (laughs) Can we can we just have like, okay, he's a big lumbering dude with a chainsaw. He's not sneaking up on anybody. Don't pull that fucking jump scare bullshit. (laughs) Let us know he's coming. Yeah, like, have the anticipation of hearing the revving somewhere. Heavy footsteps yeah. and the rumbling of a chainsaw and going like, yeah. oh shit, here he comes. Yeah, like instead instead of having like, oh, oh God, the killer's right behind you all of a sudden. That doesn't work for this type of killer, guys. No, he, he's, got, he's, comical. he's got comical. He's got teleportation it's powers. It's awful. Uh, it's and he so stopped, bad. How does he stop the bus? Well, all right, let's talk about the bus. It's 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 the most memed and talked about scene in the film. So let's talk about the fucking bus. Yeah, it's it's it has it has a couple other moments in there where I'm like, who is this movie for? Because there is one character on the bus when he starts his massacre. Okay, one. No, actually, three technically, but because the the sisters are in there too. Um, well, then there's also all the people partying in the back of the bus. They yeah, are not but... characters, James. The name <laughs> who, who is any of what are any of these people named? What uh, have any of these people done in the movie? Uh, what is like, sexy they, influencer they, with cell they phone number three properties? Like, yeah. 
And yeah, I'm like, I'm and like, they, who, they pulled out their cell phones. any of these people? It's They're literally cannon fodder. Oh, and yeah. I get it. I get that you want your movie to have gore and to have kills and whatever. But literally a bus full of nameless extras is not an, does not an engaging slasher movie make. No, no it doesn't. And, and they're trying to do that ham-fisted commentary on like the social media age of, okay, they're all partying on the bus. They're getting turned up. And Leatherface gets on board, and he's got the chainsaw, and he's wearing an old lady's face on his fucking head. And everybody does a slow turn and brings out their cell phones and starts video recording him. And one of them says, if you try anything, you're canceled. Mm-hmm. You don't say that to a man covered in gore wielding a fucking chainsaw in somebody else's fucking uh-huh. face. Some some screenwriter thought that line was so funny, and some made trailer, the trailer. editor thought that it line made the was trailer. so good. It was in the yeah. fucking trailer. Jesus fucking Christ! Yeah. Oh, this movie's getting me heated. Holy shit! Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I, so and I I defended hmm. it at the time because I was like, you know what? Maybe that's just like one lighthearted bit of like you know like like maybe they're just they're you know maybe that guy that guy holding the camera maybe he's the the jokester maybe he's the goofball character character no. he's not he's nobody <laughs> he says nothing in the movie except that one line yeah it's great <laughs> he got paid scale for that line god damn it <laughs> all right so who wants to talk about not Laurie Strode oh. I will. Boy, All right. Let's talk about the worst oh misuse of a character in a long time. All right. God. So the the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre, there's one character. Her name is Sally. Yeah. And uh, Texas Chainsaw 2 briefly kind of ties into that, where Dennis Hopper's character is actually Sally's uncle. And he's, he's like a Texas Ranger. And that's kind of why he's so adamant about hunting down the family for what they did to, to his nephew and, and traumatized his, his niece. Um, anyways, and they basically copy pasted Laurie Strode's character kind of where, where she's now like older and wiser allegedly, uh, and is, is, has guns. Uh, it's the copy my homework meme. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, and copy it word for word. Yeah. And, and okay, but change it a little. Didn't change it. Change change it just a a small bit. Uh, she's, she's actually like a Texas Ranger or whatever. And Mm -hmm. then they sprinkle in a handful of scenes with her. And 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 you keep forgetting that she's in the movie because she's so fucking unimportant to the goddamn movie. She feels like the all of her scenes feel like the scenes with um Sean uh Sean Bean in Silent Hill. Mm. You know it's just like and also set another another Silent Hill connection, the old lady is played by yeah. the woman who played uh uh what's her face? Yeah. Uh, Christabella. Tri- Christabella? Christabella. Yeah. 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 And and, yeah. and 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 here's here's the thing though, like at least Sean Bean scenes, yeah, we're edited. We're like provided yeah, we're expository later. dialogue and 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 background to the town. Yeah, the film yeah. lost focus, but you still got information. This is yes. it's literally just trailer footage, so we can go. Yes, Sally's here, and then Sally's here when she and gets. She- like literally, the pitch meeting for this character was just, "Hey, you know what they did with Laurie Strode in Halloween 2018? Let's do that." Yeah, yeah. and then and then and then. She she meets up with the main characters and she locks them in her car and is like, looks like you're the one he's chosen. It's like, how do you know that? You just oh got here. God. You just, got, just here. got here. These are just two people who happen to escape a fucking bloodbath on a bus that somehow stopped. Oh, uh, wait, wait, wait. Hold okay. on, hold on. I want to go back bodied. to the bus real quick. 
Yeah, go for I, it. I got to go back to the bus real quick because another another problem that I have with the bus <laughs> is that we have never seen the inside of the bus before the massacre starts happening, right? So we have no Basically, yeah, yeah. We have no context for like are they all trapped in there? Is there like some sort of like emergency exit somewhere? Is there something like like can they open the windows? Can they do Nothing has been established about this space whatsoever. So when the massacre starts happening and you see just people like flailing, like literally it just keeps cutting to the real estate or the, she's not real estate, the the bank lady, right? It keeps cutting to her just like, like banging on the windows of the bus and like, you know, like the, the, like somewhat iconic looking shots of like bloody hands, like, you know, just like rubbing up against the window. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, this would be so much more impactful if I actually knew like, you know, like there was no way out, like the, the windows were all locked. All of this mm-hmm. other stuff was locked down. It's just like, but like there's, there's no, we have no context for this. So all of these characters look stupid as hell, especially when at the very fucking end of the scene, they get one of the windows open and she like crawls through only to get chainsawed in half. And I'm like, you could have done that 20 minutes ago when he first started chainsawing through people. Like what the fuck are any of you thinking? Yeah. And then like the only people who think to do the, the to go to the bathroom and hide are the two main characters who make it out. And you're just like God. <laughs> Sorry, I just no, had to, I had to say that bit because I'm fine. like this is this is some very basic horror movie stuff, right? Where like like okay, like take Grave Encounters for example, right? We got a whole ass fucking tour of the asylum before they started shooting shit and stuff started going down and we realized, oh God, they're trapped. There's no other way out because they literally established at the beginning, we're locking all the doors and when the doors are locked, you can't get out of them, right? We here here at the Gooncast would like to tell you how Grave Encounters did things better than Texas Chainsaw. (laughs) We here at the Gooncast would would, like to tell you how fucking Halloween Kills did shit better because we got a tour of the Mm -hmm. fucking Myers house. With, yes. with the cute gay couple before yes. we got our act yes, three. Before we got act three. Yes. It's like, it's like if you're going to have a set piece where you're going to like massacre a bunch of people and it's going to be like, you know, fucking rats trapped in a maze. Show me the maze first. <laughs> like it's, it's. Fuck. <laughs> but, but anyways, Sally shows up. Yeah. Shoots, shoots at Leatherface and misses. Oh. And her, her shotgun. That's supposed to be firing buckshot is, I guess, firing slugs, but like the babiest of slugs because they don't I... like they leave like rifle round holes and then she gets chainsawed through the gut after well, not well, doing anything. Now, this isn't now this isn't her first encounter with Leatherface. Let me let me tell you how not to do revenge. And huh? it's oh, I was terrorized by this man oh, 40 yeah, years ago. Yeah. He killed all of my friends. Remember me. I've lived my whole life waiting for this moment at vengeance. And she has a shotgun to the back of his head and pulls an Oberyn Martell. Say her name. Elia Martell, say her name. And Leatherface just gets up and walks away and walks out of the room. Oh, my God. Oh my god! It, I, was, so, it was so bad. I it was I just, so bad. And then bad. yeah, then she finds then she finds the vigor of oh wait yeah I was supposed to kill him and gets murked. 
gets fucking wrecked. But still somehow manages to survive having her entire insides torn <laughs> apart by a chainsaw. So she yeah, can, oh, yeah. so she, she gets can give the main character we, and raised like the, ten feet off the ground. Yeah, when we were when we were watching, we were genuinely like, if she shows up and immediately just gets bodied, like, oh we yeah, would actually was, give this movie a ton of. I was having a riot about that. Watch her that just would be get bodied. Fucking hilarious. But like, no. Instead, they 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 pull that kind of where they're like, oh yeah, he just he just basically one shots her. But then she's still around and still able to like take my shotgun. She still like, gets I'll the noble sacrifice and, moment. Yeah. yeah, like yeah. like as she's bleeding out from a gaping fucking like having her entire body like. And God, all all so and again all of this nostalgia bait falls flat because again it's not even the same actress because the same actress is 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 dead. They, and that's they kind literally, of disrespectful to the memory of the actress. Yeah, Absolutely. They, they, they literally could have like rewritten this character to be a a a cousin of the of the the other person, and and yes. thrown in some like backstory of like like oh Make you know her an I, actual character. Yeah, as opposed like, to just just cool. rely on the first uh, film. Member, member berries. Well, okay, it's member berries for the first film and also for Halloween 2018 because yes. you can't you can't even say that this character establishes herself well as like a vengeance based like you know or like a like a vengeance crazed sheriff uh you know who's been hunting this killer for all these years because it's literally just they're just they're just saying she has right like yeah. Lori Strode in Halloween 2018 it was established how much her paranoia about Michael Myers coming back fucked up her life fucked up her daughter's life yep. and how like how much that was still part of her like like her trauma you know her her psyche her yeah. trauma like, like she's not able to let this go there's none of that in this L- Lori <laughs> like, Strode she just shows up and she's like I need to kill him because he killed all my friends L- you're like Lori, Lori Strode sure. in 2018 is a fully fleshed out character this is yes. this is closer to how Lori Strode is handled in Halloween Kills where yes, absolutely. It's, where where it's like, assuming you've seen the previous one, but the previous one came out a couple years ago, not 40, yeah, exactly. 50 years ago. Exactly. Like, good yeah. fucking God. Anyway, she gets bodied, and then <laughs> and then they go into the theater, and there's a giant hole with water in it. And Oh, oh no. They, they go swimming. Yeah, um, oh, no. And then, and then Leatherface does his best impression of Shamu. And then even though breaches and then he literally breaches like a whale. And then even though he he's on the ground when he grabs her leg, it then cuts and he's just standing up there, because he's, he's in the water when he grabs her leg. Yeah, he's in the water when he grabs her leg, but now he's standing up. And yeah, the, it's, the, just, it's one of the most atrocious editing, and it gets worse as the film progresses. Like yeah. the editor was just like, I don't give a shit anymore. I think yeah, the editor just realized like what they shit. were doing and they were just like I'm out. I'm like I, I'm, done. I, I'm giving you I'm giving you my D list stuff, right? Yeah, and and then and then the sisters team up and Merc Leatherface, and they shoot him with a shotgun a bunch of times, and 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 all that fun stuff, and they even chainsaw him, but apparently yeah. he's again Jason now because mm-hmm. spoilers as they're about to leave, Leatherface pops up and kills the eldest oh, sister. Oh my god! And it's a self driving oh car, god. and okay. they try to recreate yeah. the final shot of the first film with a self-driving car it's so stupid and like she's she's literally hanging out of the fucking like like uh what's sun it called the, 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 sun the sun roof. Roof. she's hanging out of the sunroof crying as the car goes like 15 miles per hour yeah away. as it goes on like cruising just like, fucking oh, autopilot 
Like, fuck off, movie. Like, <laughs> I hate you so much. I, I... Oh, also, <laughs> apparently the dude who edited this did the Hunger Games and Final Fantasy The Spirits Within. Oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> I still... Well, I, I... I don't want to rag too much on anyone, but maybe this was his A-list stuff. <laughs> I don't. I, I. I still don't know. No. Okay. The Hunger Games are competently edited. I. I Final Fantasy Spirits Within was competently edited, from what I remember. Was it? Okay. I, yeah. This is, this is him. This is him hitting his low. Yeah. yeah this is. This, this is, is. This is the. Dean. This is. This is. He gave up halfway through. This 100%. is. Uh... Nobody. Nobody who's getting big budget work like that turns in a thing like this and is is happy with it. This is well. This I'll is. Give, I didn't want to do this anymore. I'll give a little credit because, to my understanding, I believe this movie did half of it with one director and then half with another. They changed oh, directors. Oh God, it's one of those. Through. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Th- then this, I, he probably then I didn't have a lot to work with. This yeah, is. I blame, I blame the studio. This. This is. Dean Cundey. Full blame on execs being like, hey, hey, we need, we got this property. How do we, uh, how do we milk it? Oh, oh, well, Halloween 2018 did really well. <laughs> Let's just do that. This, this is a case of like what happened with Dean Cundey, who was John Carpenter's cinematographer for like most of his early stuff, like Halloween, Escape from New York, etc. The thing. Uh, and he also later went on to do like the cinematography for like some of the Back to the Future movies and Jurassic Park and Apollo 13. And then his recent effort was like Jack and Jill with Adam Sandler. Oh, this dude yeah. has two directing credits. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it always, it always is kind of, th- there was a, there was a Reddit thread about this recently where it was like, who's, who are the directors who have had the, like, hu- like the hugest gap in their, like their, their highest high and their lowest low. And I think like David Fincher Ooh. comes up where like, he's brilliant, but he also did, you know, a movie even he's not proud of. Um, Alien Three, right? Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. And then, like, you know, where, like, apparently he actually has a quote where he's just like, like somebody came up to him being like, "That wasn't very good," and he was just like, "I had to agree with them," and I was yeah. like, "Oh, that's so sad." Yeah, it's, so that, that's, sorry, that's I, the reason I was, tr- I was trying to make a snarky joke, but I realized it was very mean spirited. Oh, it's fine. Um, but yeah, but like, it, yeah, I don't. I'm. If you worked on this movie, like. Congrats, you worked on a movie. That's really cool. I haven't worked on a movie. Like, so, you know, who am I to judge? I'm just an idiot on the internet saying a bunch of bullshit. Um, but I hate, I hate this movie. Like, as a product, I hate it, right? Like, I'm judging it based on what it is, not, you know, yeah. the efforts of the people uh, involved. I, I, I like, still think I hate Fear Street more. I'm sure people gave their all. Oh, God. Because uh, it's six hours yeah, no, as opposed to 80 minutes. I hate minutes. Fear Street way more, yeah. Uh, like I, we were talking about this, and I think we said that the only, like, the second Fear Street might be marginally better. Yes, and like, elements it, the first half of the third. The, yes, elements of the third, but like as as a whole, Fear Street is awful, and it's six hours, and yeah, yeah, we suffered through all of that. But anyway, back to piece Texas of shit. Chainsaw. Don't yeah. watch it. This yeah. movie actually makes me upset. Yeah, like it. Yeah genuinely like it's not even like and i'm normally somebody who's i love terrible bad movies right yeah, like, it's I, so bad. I go watch it uh. I, yeah exactly i i build fucking uh you know like grave encounters 2 as a fun experience right like yeah. i i i've watched my share of absolute trash i had you watch and axum I would, and I, yeah and i watched axum i oh, wouldn't man. even put this on as background noise that's how much i hate it 
That's how much I hate this movie. This movie is fucking awful. There's like, there's a chain, there's a like faux rape chainsaw bit that I'm like, who the fuck is that for? Who in, who, who making that movie thought that was a fun, a fun shot to include? Like, fuck off. Fuck you. (laughs) You know, like, like this is, this is, sorry, this is me no longer being mad at the product and actually being mad at somebody behind the scenes because fuck you for doing that. Like, I'm sick of that bullshit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. Sorry. Fucking dreadful. We could get we could get into how angry this makes us. This is a very ragey goon cast. Um but yeah. Yeah, what a piece of shit. Let's stop talking Absolutely. about it. Yeah. Uh so So should we do a wrap up? up? Yeah. 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 So uh yeah, we'd like to just kind of go over briefly um other things that we've been you know we've been up to because individually we've also you know watched some movies played some games done some you know extra things so uh who wants to go first mine's the shortest uh because i've been dealing with the move and shit mostly yeah yeah. um so i'll just knock that out of the way first uh basically the only thing that i've had time to like properly digest uh at least it pops into my head immediately is like I said earlier, I watched uh, All of Us Are Dead, which is a oh, uh, mm-hmm. zombie series on Netflix. Uh, mm-hmm. A bunch of a uh, bunch of students holding down uh, in a school against the zombie apocalypse, and mm-hmm. um, I won't I won't go into mm-hmm. anything about it because I think there's a lot of things that it it does that are fresh. Mm-hmm. It just takes a little time to get to them. Okay. Um. Did you, do you recommend overall? It needs to be shorter. Oh, interesting. Okay. It's a couple episodes too long. Okay. Um, again, there's there's some plot developments that happen partway through that I think just need to happen a little bit sooner. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But overall, very competent series. I liked it. Um, I'd say, yeah, if you're if you're a zombie fan, I I, I would I would recommend. It's just, um, it's like 12 episodes, but they're like full length, hour long episodes. I think it could have been done in nine or 10. Okay. But um, yeah. 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 I, when, when Will and I were watching the, fir- we watched the first episode and I remember thinking, wow, how is this not over yet? And yeah. it was like a full hour and we were like, oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. It runs so. a little long. I can um, And then other than that, I've just been going on a rewatch of uh, one of my all time favorite series. Uh, Trailer Park Boys. Hey, nice. A Canadian comedy series about uh, two ne'er do wells and uh, and their well-meaning friend living on a on a trailer park, getting into all sorts of unscrupulous activities like robbery and drugs, and it's it's a hilarious fucking series. Um, although it's if you're going to watch it, it ends at season six. Uh, Netflix okay. will tell you there are like 12 seasons. <laughs> it lies to you. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, the, the five or six seasons and a movie are what was originally done in Canada, and it was meant to tie up the series. And then Netflix picked it up and oh. wanted additional content. Ah, uh, it's like it's like the uh, Arrested Development season yes, we want to talk about. Yes, precisely. Yeah. And you can tell when that stark change is happening mm-hmm. and just... And it actually okay. ends on like a nice ending because that's where it was supposed to wrap up. So just ended it like nice. season six or whatever it is. Okay. Or kind of like yeah, every time. Good, good wreck. Kind of, kind of like yeah. how every time Futurama get brought back, where it has like ninety-eight endings now, 
and you can Did always you know feel they're, they're bringing it back again. Yeah, I'm I'm not happy about it because we already had 98 previous endings. I don't want a 99th that's ending. True. Well, that's, that's true. That's true. There's there's always an episode where you're like, ah, oh, that's where they were canceled. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for the sixth time. <laughs> yeah, it's they they've oh. had so many fucking endings at this point. Yeah, I like Futurama though. I like the first four yeah, seasons. So, light catch up for me. Yeah. So James and I have been playing Elden Ring. <laughs> yep. That's like, that's been basically the big thing recently. But um, but before we talk about that a little I've bit. I've been wondering why I haven't been playing Elden Ring. Play it, Yeah, coward. you know, actually, yeah. You should. Well, okay, so we'll, we'll talk about that. But first I had, I had two other games that I, that I played or am still kind of playing uh, that I wanted to mention um, and just give like a quick review of. Uh, one is I picked up Pokemon Arceus, um, or Arceus, I guess. I, there is debate about how it's pronounced. Will tells me in Japanese it's closer to Arceus, so I've been pronouncing it that way. That's what but I've heard. I, everyone yeah. else I've talked to says Arceus, and I'm like, because in English that's what it looks like, and it's like, yep. okay, well, I will say Arceus. Anyway, uh, this is the game that, like, I wanted Pokemon to be for forever, and now I want them to make an actual game out of it. <laughs> um, yeah. It's basically like it's finally got this. There's so much to it that's so charming. The open world aspect, the, you know, how you fill out the Pokedex, how you go around collecting creatures, seeing them in the open world. And I'm just like, this needs to just not look like a student Unreal project. Yeah, and I've it heard it looks like to, dog shit. It looks terrible. And like it. It's literally, it looks like it's 10 years old already. Damn. Um, yeah, which, like, I, I feel like they were, parts of it feel like they were going for, like, that Breath of the Wild aesthetic. And then uh, it's like, it's like half of the art team didn't get the memo and just did really realistic assets that were low res enough to work on Switch. And it doesn't work, right? Like, it's just, it looks bad. It looks really awful. Um, the story is really passable. Um, like, or, sorry, uh. You pass on the story, rather. I heard it's an isekai. Yes, it's an isekai. And, oh my god! Uh, cool. Yeah, it okay. it has it has elements to it that I liked, um, but ultimately I was just kind of like, it's mostly just a checklist for, like, there's a bunch of side missions. You go, you know, you go do things for NPCs. It's it's a very bog standard open world type thing that's very basic, but I'm like. This is a fucking step in the right direction, Pokemon. Keep going, right? Like I'm like, there's something here. You can get something good out of this. Don't don't get lazy on us and just re-release this again. Take it a step further. Take it another step further. Give me like a legit Pokemon open world like RPG. Yeah, but Cat, as far as I can tell, You're they're close. they're being even lazier and they're just doing Sword they're, and Shield again for Scarlet yes. or whatever. Yeah, Scarlet Scarlet does look like Sword and Shield again. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait till we see more of it because it also it does kind of look like they're doing a little bit more open worldy stuff, and I'm hoping they do. But I don't have high hopes. So that's that's my review of Arceus. It's it's a promising start, and I hope they actually do something with it. Yeah, I, I think Scarlet and Violet might be cool just setting wise because they're doing it in not Spain. Yes. Which yes. I think is a the, really the, cool the set the setting location. is the thing I'm really hooked on. I am like that that meme of the guy sweating over the two buttons with uh whether I pick the grass cat or the fire starter. Oh grass cat's where it's at. I don't but like 
but my fire starters, I'm going to have to wait till the third evolution to decide because if it, if the grass cat turns into another fucking like, you know, like wrestling tiger, I'm going to fucking, you know, like, no, well, you I'm, know, it's going to be a wrestling tiger. apologist. <laughs> I'm I going back to Bulbasaur. Yeah. I, no matter what it is, I pick the grass type as the starter. See, I'm um, I'm I'm fire all the way. I I'm, I'm love the sure. fire types. I I'm pretty though, sure just by I'm pretty sure just by looking at the first form of that grass cat, mm-hmm. I'm like my brain is going, man. I hope this thing turns into like a big saber tooth tiger or something. Oh yeah, wouldn't and, that be And cool? everybody's like, oh no 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 no. Wouldn't that's that be cool? the furry bait waiting to yep. happen. No, that's the furry bait because <laughs> because that's exactly what we thought with Litten. We were like, <laughs> oh, a cute little fire kitten. It's gonna turn into this like awesome fire panther. And no, <laughs> no, no, I, I did not. I've always been a flip flopper in regards to starters. Like the only three, like the only perfect starters, I would say for me, where I liked all three of them and it was initially tough was the first one. Cause like, I love Squirtle. I love yeah. Charmander. I love Bulbasaur. They're really good. But the, after I that, really, it's just whatever one I, really I think like is the second generation. I, yeah. Second gen for, for me. For mm-hmm. me, it's, it's after that, it's just uh flip flopping to whatever I think is the most aesthetically pleasing. And I don't even remember yeah. most of the other uh, yes. starters I've had except up, for Totodile. I ended up, usually I don't pick grass. Usually I'm, yeah, I, I picked Totodile for, um, well, actually I've played through the second gen. Totodile second gen, right? Yes. That's what I'm yeah. Of. yeah. So I picked I picked him and Cyndaquil and the grass type actually. Um, Chikorita they're, rules. They're they're all awesome. Yeah. But uh, I usually do I usually do fire. Sometimes I've done water. Um, but very recently for um, uh, sun and sun and moon, I think that was the one in Hawaii, right? Sun I and did, moon was Hawaii. Yeah. I did Rowlet. I love I love Rowlet. Hell yeah. He's he's awesome. He's beautiful. I love him. Uh, anyway, but that's that's Arceus. Then the second game that I've been playing. <laughs> For, forget your political leanings. Which evolution do you choose? <laughs> oh God. <laughs> um. So, so moving on from Pokemon because I'm sure we could talk much much longer about Pokemon. The answer is Sylveon. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes it is. Um. Uh. I've also been playing Horizon Forbidden West. Hmm. Um. And it is very much more horizon so like, looks gorgeous oh my god it is one of the prettiest games i've played this generation uh I, and and i will say a lot of the characters look really really good um i've seen a lot of people on twitter commenting about like specifically the representation with how how they actually like got you know people of different sizes and and face shapes and like you know like all all different races and they're portraying them very accurately and i'm like this is really fucking good (laughs) like like they actually look like you know people people have dimples and you know like like scars and and freckles and gaps in their teeth and like you know it's 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 really cool but um other than that like you know uh i'm like i'm i think about halfway through the story uh i've mostly been doing a lot of the open world stuff it's very much scratching the open world itch for me where it is really just a checklist of of uh you know missions but some of the the the, the lore tied to it is interesting enough that i'm like yeah and it's it i think it does it in a better way than than horizon did originally uh also there's been huge leaps in the animation for like specifically for the um you know like the quest giver dialogue 
Where, like, Horizon, it would just be, like, a talking fucking head, like you mm-hmm. do with most most open-world games, where it's just like, yeah, we don't have we don't have the budget, we don't have the time to hand-animate a million fucking quest-givers, so we're not gonna. Um, and they're still, they're, like, they're not perfect here, but they're so much better. Like, quest-givers actually emoting and having unique animations when they're gesturing, and, like, I'm, like, I'm, like, damn, good job, guys. Like, you've stepped it up for the next game. That's, that's what you like to see, right? This is like if if Pokemon Arceus can do what Horizon Forbidden West did for Horizon <laughs> for their next game, I'll be really happy. Um, OK, but yeah. So. Elden Ring. <laughs> James. Try finger butthole. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> um, this is my this is my first ever FromSoft game. Uh, I I have like. I have experienced previous games in so much as I've watched other people play things. And, you know, I've I've read up on some lore stuff. James has sent me like videos of like Bloodborne lore and, and, you know, like Dark Souls lore and shit like that. And it's all it's all very interesting, but I very much bounced off the games because there is a vocal minority of fans that are very gatekeepy and very toxic. And frankly, I let them get to my head a little bit and kind of like, you know, I don't I don't like those people. I don't like that style of anything so i I, you know i don't like i don't like beating my head against a a wall until i can finally you know accomplish something so just not gonna not gonna do that stuff but um since i started playing elden ring it's been one a lot of my friends are playing who are not dark souls people who are having an insane amount of fun just like exploring and running around and that's what i've been able to do i also like feel like I've gotten better at the game as it as it comes. Uh, I also, you know, or as as it happens, like yesterday, I took on two bosses by myself after James left and they they were very easy and I felt really accomplished doing that. And then I took on a boss that was really hard and I did it and I felt very accomplished doing that. Hell yeah. Um, and uh, but yeah, ultimately, like. The people, the people I know who are huge fans of the series, like James and like my friend Ethan, like every time I've kind of lamented being like, oh, I'm I'm using magic, though. And that's not like the real way to play. They've been like, yes, it is. <laughs> like, you're any, doing great. Like, <laughs> any any way you survive is the real way to play these games. Yeah. If, if they you, give you a spellcaster class, so, go for it. If, if so you take... if you want to do it the hard way, more power to you. If you want to do it the easy way, more power to you. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So as so long as you're having so, fun. So take fucking notes. This community, specifically the toxic part of this community, be more like James. Be supportive so your community can grow and be better. And and also on that note, you know, to 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 the other vocal minority that keeps screaming about how difficulty cannot be part of an artistic vision, go away and just play something else, please. Yeah. Like there's there's thousands upon thousands of games that come out you don't need to play every single one of them if if it's not your thing don't don't you don't have to play it like i i don't i'm I'm not interested in horizon i'm not gonna lament and whine about it constantly i i may partially make fun of like the extreme amount of dialogue in it but that's just because that's a personal pet peeve of mine oh god like no yeah every triple a game now i i very much do fast forward through a lot of the dialogue because it it is i I will. My my biggest criticism of it is there is a little bit. There's definitely too much quest dialogue where you're like, I don't 
I don't need all this. Like, I, let me let me keep going. I, I every it, like the one of the big complaints that that keeps popping up is like how oh the 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 game will be the the, the game won't change if they add an easy mode. It's like yes, the game would fundamentally change because that's not the experience that Miyazaki wants you to and and FromSoft well, wants and, you to have. Plus, also there already is an easy mode with magic and co-op and and whatnot. Like yeah, I mean. Yeah. Uh I will say I will say though, like I don't think magic is that easy. It 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 depends on the circumstance, it depends on the monster, it depends on the magic like, that you have. Yeah, like, it's yeah. it's like, traditionally like, can, the I, easier way. It is it is definitely easier than melee fighting. I will totally agree. And that's why I picked it up because I'm like, I don't I I don't have the years and years of experience with like fighting games or anything like that where I can I, I know timing for moves. I'm not that good at it. I beat God of I beat God of War on Give Me God of War mode once with the Queen Valkyrie, and I'm like, never again. That was dope, and I did it, and I never need to fucking prove myself again. Like, <laughs> like, oh, there's... Village of Shadows, yes. yes. Oh god. There's... Oh god, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like I don't think it's any less legit that I did that with yeah. a fucking uh, you know, infinite whatever, of because course. I still I still had to beat fucking Heisenberg with his bullshit with and Chris Undo. You know with no <gasps> but uh <laughs> like there's there's like the, this bit that because be, even before you got into FromSoft game we were playing Elden Ring cat like I, I had mm -hmm. mentioned like the Vadi Vidya thing where where he describes the narrative of Dark Souls and then he describes the experience playing Dark Souls and how they mm -hmm. mirror each other creating this kind of ludonarrative yes. harmony and it's like yes if that game had a traditional easy mode yeah, then that yeah. that artistic vision is gone, and that yeah, that sure. that that experience is gone, and it's like, like if 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 From Software wants to make a game like this and they include difficulty select selection, I'm cool with it. I'm cool with whatever they want to do because yes, but it's, it's what they their want vision. to do. Yeah, I I will say though, I will say, and here here's like where I lie on it. I don't think there should be an easy mode because um. Because I think that the people who are complaining about that are conflating uh, difficulty with accessibility. And yes. I think that the people who are actually ac like like the people who are actually uh, advocating for more accessibility in games are having their voices drowned out by those people. And I mm -hmm. think that's a really bad thing because I I do think that while Elden Ring is a is a more accessible Dark Souls game or, you know, FromSoft game. I think it could be more accessible still. Oh yeah, uh, sure. Because you know, I'm uh, there's there's definitely a lot of people who would play a game that's very challenging and hard, but can't because they you know don't have use of one arm, or they're blind, or they you know can't read things on the screen very well, or you know they they have hearing difficulties, and there's not options for them. They're which, granted, they're, they're slowly getting there. Like the, the they're getting there, but but I'm saying that it's twenty. It's 2022 right now, right? Japan, and, Japan you know, Japanese games are really behind on a lot of accessibility. No, I know, features. I know, and 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 I will, I will also say that granted that like my my metric for it is definitely Sony games, which Sony has been actively pushing that for the past couple of years, yeah. and we cannot expect we cannot expect every game to have the budget and the capability to add that much as much accessibility as The Last of Us Part Two added. And we this... we added. So much because that was a 
big focal point of the game, right? And like that was a big focal point, like drive of everything. And I'm I'm really grateful for it because it's it's starting to set the industry trend. But the keyword mm-hmm. there is starting. We are nowhere near any of that right now. The the one the one so. thing I can say, which is a major leap forward, and this kind of started with Sekiro. Although, like, again, I, I don't necessarily consider Sekiro Dedicated part of the, the Soulsborne thing. No, uh, this is the, I mean, there's that too, but no. Uh, this is the first Souls-like that FromSoft has made where you can completely remap the controls. So, like, Kat, if, if you don't okay. like the fact that you have to push R1 to attack, mm-hmm. you can map that to one of the face buttons. Okay, that's good. Yeah, that's like, good, they are taking I'm... steps. Okay, I'm I'm very glad for that. But remaps are really good. Actually, Arceus did not have uh, controller remap stuff, which was yeah. a big, a That's big Nintendo's ding. Huge not in its its favor. Yes. Nintendo and, has a yeah. lot of non remap. You'll play it our yes. way. Yes, which but, means but it's like Wii U tablet. Fuck off. Yeah, and also, and also, you know, it's like when things are mapped on the triggers, triggers, and the uh, the like L three R three like push in the 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 stick uh, type inputs are some of the hardest for like accessibility purposes that's yep. that's one of the things like if you have motor motor difficulties that's usually where it crops up is is trigger buttons and you know the 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 buttons that aren't quite buttons i have trigger so. finger because of spider-man yeah like yeah. I, I have pain in my right index finger from having to hold yeah. down r1 for for constant parkour and web slinging and whatnot um, yeah and it's it's yeah it it, it does become a yeah it's, it's, yeah, it's, so, it's so definitely rough. remaps. Remaps are a very good step in the right direction. I think I think a lot of their UX is years and years behind. Oh yeah, the 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 industry standard and like I I don't think to me that's not down to artistic vision. I'm like you couldn't you couldn't make the text bigger. Yeah, like oh, that, no, no, sure. the, your yeah, artistic no. vision was I had to I had to be like three inches from my sixty inch TV to read your your stuff. I'm like, no, like no, there's I don't, there's I don't there's a so. lot of it, like even as a Soulsborne fan and apologist, even yeah. there's there's been constant like stuff that they should do better on. Like the 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 lock on system is super finicky and it has always been finicky. Oh, gosh, and I really yes. wish that they'd fix yes. it. Especially it really it, it reminds with faster me of the enemies. Uh, yes. It reminds me of the uh the Ghost of Tsushima combat camera. Um, I had a lot of, I, I knew a lot of people and I also had a lot of trouble sometimes wrestling with that camera. Um, the, the hitboxes just, take the piss. They, 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 yeah. they still take yes. the fucking piss where yes. it's just an enemy hitboxes can be fucked. Your hitbox yeah. can be fucked. Yeah. Like there, and, and, there's yeah, a lot yeah, of room Especially with faster enemies when it's like, oh, you, you need lock on to just be able to hit a thing and your lock-on decides to just suddenly abort and your camera just swings wildly and you can't see the enemy anymore, you're like, cool, I'm dead. Thank you, FromSoft. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my my yeah. only real thoughts on like Elden Ring so far is from a mechanical standpoint, it's probably my favorite of their games. Uh, nice. I haven't... I, I barely cracked into this thing, and I, I say <laughs> that even though I have 40 fucking hours into it, but most of that has been spent exploring <laughs> the open world. I was apprehensive about the switch to an open world because I prefer Metroidvania like game design and I'm sick of open worlds, but this is the first open world in God knows how long, maybe since Red Dead 2, where I just genuinely enjoy exploring. Mm-hmm. Um, narrative wise, I mean, it's, 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 I, I, I'm into the weird, creepy, fucked up lore, but you know, it's, it, I'm going to see how much it resonates with me compared to my personal mm-hmm. favorite, which is Demon Souls. Uh, mm-hmm. And you know, I don't know where it'll rank. But so far, I'm fucking digging it. 
uh, and I, yeah. I, I adore it. I, I've been having a lot of fun now, both playing solo and with people. Um, initially, when I first picked it up, I think I... Well, you and I played, uh, which I'm super grateful for, because I'm really glad I didn't have to, like, grind through a lot of stuff. But I also think possibly, and this is on me because I asked you to do this, but I think I sort of took something away from my own experience by doing that. I think maybe a big part of it would have been more enjoyable to me to, because once I actually was let loose by myself and had to kind of like figure stuff out alone, I, I started finding the fun of like, oh, I just got ganked by these enemies. I'm going to just go around them or whatever. Yeah. Right. Whereas, you know, specifically when we were playing, um, there was, there was that moment where I, you and I got separated and there was an NPC that raided me that I did not know how to fight. And I was like, just stuck and I lost a bunch of souls and I was like, oh, this, this yeah. sucks. <laughs> but um, you also but, had that high of beating Margit. That really uh, yes, satisfying yes. high of beating Margit exactly. that session. Yes. I mean, I mean, yeah. And yeah, we had like, we had a lot of really, really good moments. And so far it's only gotten better because I've realized that like, you know, I'm like, to me, I'm like, it doesn't really matter if I'm not beating these bosses by myself like if i really want to experience this again i just make another character and go at it again you know like whatever but like mm -hmm. i'm enjoy i'm enjoying just like goofing around with my friends and then being like hey there's this super challenging boss up ahead i don't think i can do it by myself and i don't want to struggle with it so come help me and that's really cool yeah yeah as so. as for me i'll go on I was just going to say, we should probably wrap this up because we I th feel like we could talk about this oh, for yeah. hours. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'll and, probably wind up buying Elden Ring and then I can add something to the conversation. Yes. yes. Well, we should we should just do once once all of us are like further into it. Maybe we should just do a do a pot on it. Oh, yeah. that'd be cool. As yeah. as for me, the only other updates I can say is uh, uh, because of the Garmin Bosia wheel and a surprise gift from Natalie, I went through a little cute dating sim called sucker for love first date oh i highly yes. recommend it if you're a fan Fucking of cosmic yes. horror and uh wacky shenanigans the cosmic horror nudes it's, oh my god it's, it's genuinely yes. well written and it's funny and it and it, it it tickles that cosmic horror appetite with a lot of cute cheeky references um and then uh last thing is i've gotten into speed running resident evil 2 remake and i'm currently sixth place for any percent pc yeah. with leon first yeah dude uh it's, it's yeah it's all i've only been running it a month I, and i have a lot of room for improvement but i'm looking forward yeah. to diving more into it i i'm so like insanely impressed and i know now natalie has been thinking about learning the the speed run for sifu yeah and i'm like i i Ooh. like i'm so i'm so i'm so happy for both of you that you found like you know a cool little niche to just like succeed in and do cool dope shit in the yeah. game in the game space i'm like yeah it's, those it's, are my friends being awesome it's it's been I, a lot of fun I have, I have bragged about you several times that you're sixth place in, I'm, uh, I, oh. yeah. yeah i i, I was uh yeah I, it kind of started when i decided to arbitrarily just run through the game for fun on pc just to see how mm -hmm. fast i could do it and then i realized mm -hmm. you know after that run that if i was recording and if i wasn't using mods I would have been 11th place. So I decided yep. to sw pivot and change my plans for that night to speed running that game to get an actual attempt in. And 
that actually wound up being like ninth place. So like my first attempt, my first submission, I was already top yeah, 10 in the, you for the category. Top 10. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. And then two weeks later, I was down to sixth. Uh, there's a lot of room for improvement. The skips are fucking hard. But hypothetically, mm -hmm. I can maybe get into the top five, maybe top three, if I really keep at it and I get lucky. Yeah, give it Dude. a couple months, you'll be number one, and then give it a year, and you'll own Capcom. <laughs> yeah, I, there you I, go. I, it, there you go. I believe I can, in it. Then I can maybe get Dino Crisis remade. <laughs> there you go. Give me fucking Dino Crisis, goddammit. Shall we, uh, shall we wrap then for the, for the, for the day? Evil dies tonight. <laughs> evil, evil rolls tonight. Hey, leather fuck. Oh, God. Oh, oh you God. know, quick, quickly cycling back to, because that's like the oh. worst line of, of Texas, that Texas chainsaw. Uh, okay. So for the previous reboot, like this, the, 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 the main character gets a letter and she inherited some, some place. So she and her family, she and her friends go down there to check it out. And, you know, Leatherface terrorizes them. And the, the twist is that uh, she's like a long lost cousin of the Sawyer family or whatever. Uh, and, and uh, like, and, and, and the, the actual antagonists are, are this corrupt sheriff department. And it has a line where after, after Leatherface realizes that she's her cousin, his cousin, and she realizes that Leatherface is her cousin, that she's kind of on board with him. And like she goes, get him, cuz, to the fucking oh. sheriffs. And it's like, God, all your friends were just graphically murdered. Fuck off. This movie's terrible. God. But I don't remember, I don't, I, I can't recall if this is worse than, than the new one. But I just wanted to, the second you said leather fuck, you wanted get to him bring cause. that back up. Get him cuz came back into my head. Yeah. So since I have oh, this, God. this horror. Now must, we do. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, thank you, Jam. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. And I, I am Cat, aka the Attack Cat on Twitch. Uh, I have been streaming for uh, fundraising for uh, relief efforts in Ukraine all this week. Yeah. Um, I will probably do more of that later. I've been kind of like raffling off games, and I kind of love doing this. So I think I wanna, I wanna try to do do more of that in the future. So catch me on Twitch, the Attack Cat. Oh, yeah. And uh, once again, this was your boy Lee Alder, the Valley Jester. Uh, my stream's going to be kicking back up now that I'm situated in the new place. Just got to get a okay. few things with my surroundings and my camera figured out. But uh, yeah, we'll be back to it at twitch.tv slash Valley Jester, which is ironic because as of now, I don't live in the Valley anymore. Yeah. So I am a, I am a You're charlatan. You're a fucking fraud. Oh, my God. Um, the real and, hack fraud um, was the Lee we made along the way. That's right. <laughs> the Lee um, moved along the way. <laughs> and yeah, once I kick back up, I think since I'm in the new location and everything, we were in the middle of doing Kingdom Hearts 3, but um, something's telling me that like with the new surroundings and everything, I should just start something fresh. Um, yeah. So we might do FF7 Remake, um, or if I decide to join in on this uh, Elden Ring bandwagon, we'll, uh, we'll see yeah. what's going on with that. James and I will power level you through. Well, oh, he, do Jesus. he doesn't Plazes. have he doesn't have a PS4. He's gonna do it on oh, PC. No. And there's no PC. Oh no! Play. No! That's that's another thing I want. I really want. I want crossplay. Yeah, I, 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 I want have friends who don't have PS5s. Well. Yeah, uh, there there is cross gen, so like people with there's PS4 cross -gen at least. can play. Yeah. It, but, yeah, Will Will has thought about picking it up, and he hasn't gotten a PS5 yet, so. 
he might he might play on on PS4. With well, us, hy- but... hypothetically, he doesn't need to pick it up because you bu- you bought it digitally. Uh huh. Yeah, so you <gasps> have both the PS4 and PS5 oh. version. Install it on your PS4, and oh. then have him play on the PS4. You don't have to shell out another sixty bucks. Hey, there you go. Yeah, yeah whatever, nerds. I'm gonna go play the Bloodborne D make. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. Great. Well, this is um, James, also known as Saber Zero Three Zero Seven. I'm a hack fraud, and I stream and I speed run now. Apparently. Yeah. Uh, and evil rolls tonight. Everybody get fucked. Goodbye, everybody. So angry. I fuck Texas Chainsaw. Did you guys? God, fuck that movie. I, I thought I'd feel a sense of like catharsis getting that all like off nope. my mind and no nope. nope. still still I, livid. It brought back the memories and I'm like Ugh. still fucking livid.